0: Christian needs to be able to look at that and say, is this, is this good? Is this good for society? Is this biblical? Does my theology have teeth that sinks into this? And be thinking about that. Welcome to another episode
1: of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will
0: seize the faith.
1: Here we are on the Carpe Fide podcast yet again. We're back,
0: baby. We've done so many interviews. Things have happened, and we haven't talked about that. So many people have been talking to us. It has been such a wonderful, beautiful, amazing thing. But now we are back. Uh, Next week, we've got John Cooper uh, Part 2. So if you enjoyed that episode on Afghanistan... Um John's got a lot more to say and uh we've got more of that coming but we wanted to take an interlude. Yeah, but seriously, that next episode with John Cooper, definitely listen to that. Uh we get
1: into the Christ we get into um just war theory. We talk about how the Christian, how Christians need to be ready to engage spiritually in spiritual battle, but also how uh uh war and and taking up the sword for righteousness is also important for many that serve whether that be in uh, the police forces or the military. So
0: that's going to be awesome. Definitely listen to that next week. But this week. Oh, oh, no. We've got episode 35. I guess it's 34 now. Oh, yeah. Because episode 34 was going to be episode 34. But now episode episode 34 34 is going to be episode 35. So this one's episode 34. Notes have been amended. Corrections Excellent. have been made. Excellent. <laughs> People have been sacked. Episode, <laughs> episode
1: 34. As Marty Python would say.
0: Cultural potluck. So we are going to do a recap episode of all of the absolute... Well, not all. Definitely not all. Just a couple that have kind of
1: peaked our... Just some that are just like interesting stories that are peaked our interests, identifying some issues, and some that are just sad, and they make us sad in our hearts, and then some that make us angry, and then some
0: we'll just talk about how the church is doing at the end. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a mess. Everything's everything's a mess. So uh what what is the first thing? What is the first thing that we are going to mention today? The first thing we're going to talk about today is
1: <laughs> more food than I. We're going to talk about above and beyond how the food assistance has gone haywire in our home country here the
0: US of A. It is pretty crazy. So, I mean, I heard, I mean, I didn't know the statistics, but I mean, with COVID and everything, you know, uh, government, um, entitlements have simply gotten more and more expensive, more and more money and assistance has been shelled out than, you know, really ever before. And, um, Papa, Papa government wants, wants to keep you pretty close, close to home. Um, and their Papa
1: government wants them to be your home. Oh yeah. At every level, they want to be your parent. They want to be your home. You you know what? They <laughs> they
0: are evil. All right, let's move forward. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I mean I had heard all of this stuff was rising, but um you know, actually diving into the numbers and stuff, it is pretty gross what's going on with these increased entitlements. Um, some might call them handouts uh, but these these assistance programs that are doing a bit more than assisting I would say um, definitely gotten out of the realm of uh, a hand up and certainly into the realm of handing out and all of this obviously and ironically well unironically is at the taxpayer's expense so Um, and so
1: when I, when I go to think about this topic and I want to start talking about it, um,
0: I don't want to overstate this. So can I be, I just want to be super clear. Be as clear. You know what? I want you to be as clear as you possibly can. Don't, don't hide anything. You mean like Larry Bird level clear? I don't understand that reference.
1: <laughs> so no, not well, ironically. Like... It comes from a joke that you probably couldn't make anymore. I believe it was from. It may have been from an original Space Jam. I feel like it was Bill Murray who made that joke when they were playing on the field on the golf course, and then Michael Jordan gets sucked. No, you're
0: with me. No, but I want you to be far clearer than this. He joke. said Larry Bird's not white. He's clear. <laughs> it was a joke. Wow, he said that. Yeah, it was and hilarious. Wow, I loved it. <laughs> it was is... super funny, actually. My, how the turntables
1: <laughs> tables turn! To ta- all right, look, Regardless, if you get somebody, check me. Go back and watch Space Jam. Comment in sections of comments on the inst- on the instas and the socials and the twitters and the and the facebooks. Um, uh, I believe that there is a role, an an essential role, uh, to help and aid those that are suffering, uh, that that need food and, and housing, and care. I do, but notice what I didn't yet say. I didn't yet say, um, a government necessity for for assisting. Uh, there there is a, a necessity to assist people in these situations, but they do not redound strictly to the governments. They redound to the churches. Necessity, God's people are are actually required to do things to care for them. And what happened was. <sighs> there became lots of impediments to the church doing that there became lethargy in the church for doing that. And those two things together had the government continuing to step in further and further and further and further. That with also the connection that the government was seen in some ways uh, to need to be charitable as they were established here in our country under Christian principles in the first place. And if you don't like that, there's an episode of Carpe Fide for you to listen up to. <laughs> you, can also,
0: you can also go right up to Canada, where they don't have any of these things. Apparently, <laughs> you know, they still do the same thing. But he, but but I, I say that because well, the church, they don't have any of the right li, Christian liberty-based founding principles. Correct, but they, they still have, have the, the tyranny. Same,
1: they still have the same government control and pro- programming and stuff well, like they've that. Got worse and, oh, far worse. Oh, far yeah, more oh, socialist. Yeah. Meant. anyway look this is not the point Don't but what I'm know. trying to say is that the, the church is required <laughs> to care for these things it is not the government's responsibility but there was a, a, a sliding into uh, government morose really to take these these things over and and now what has happened is what we know happens when government does when government does things most things almost all things they're really bad at it. Um, and because the church was, was is commanded to be charitable, we need to be thinking about ways to engage with this. Now that is not to say that I don't I know many churches that are able to engage readily in assisting and loving the communities they live in to do food pantries and clo- and, food and clothing uh, uh, what are they called thrift shops and, and backpack drives and shoe drives and coat drives. and benevolence and, funds and, and all, all yes. sorts of, all sorts of charitable things. Yes, yeah, so that is not to say that the church doesn't do that, those things. It's to say that largely the government has consumed them. Um, And so there are impediments in even
0: operating and doing those things from the first place. And I mean, we, we, we see Christian charity played out um, a lot in the book of Acts. You know, you, you think of Acts chapter, some someplace like Acts chapter 2, where it talks about how um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders, and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So we have very clear principles of Christian charity. Now, you know some people were like, well, like Jesus was a socialist, you know, look at the early no. church. No, this is charity, not socialism. Yes. Charity involves uh,
1: volition. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. At, it, it does. Liberty. Yes. I mean, and also I don't see any mention of Caesar anywhere in here. What? So, what? Whoa. I'm getting crazy here. Yeah. Um, but yes. So, you know, the, the church typically should see a need and meet a need um, as best that they can. But also we have Passages um, in the epistles, like, for instance, in 2 Thessalonians 3, um, where Paul's talking to the, second, or to the 2 Thessalonians, right? Paul's talking to the Thessalonians. What happened to the 1 Thessalonians? Oh, no, you don't They did make know. it. Uh, they did not heed his warning. So, um... Oh, so... Oh... Um, so in second Thessalonians three, starting in verse six, we read now we command you brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us for you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled working day and night so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear that there are some among you who are idle, who are not busy, but busy bodies. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. As for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. So, I mean, you we have this concept of strong Christian charity. And yet we also have this concept of strong personal responsibility to be busy at work hard at work go home tired that's a fine thing to do um having that's a good thing to that's do. a very good thing to do um it's a moral thing um, it's funny because
1: because later i wanted to mention first thessalonians 5 3 so oh oh but you don't have to do it now but that's funny that you did second thessalonians there which oh, is pro- perfectly appropriate, appropriate but i'm going to do first thessalonians yeah Ooh.
0: i mean so so when we talk about things like um the government participating in these acts of charity. And when we say the government participating in acts of charity, we mean they take your money and distribute it how they see fit, uh, which is where we get to these types of problems. Um, Our government's done this before. Did you know this? Do Do you know the story? There's a story. I mean, it, William, William, is, Br-
1: William Bradford. is literally. Oh, oh yes. You're Remember him? About, you're talking about going back to
0: the pilgrims. Oh, the, Pil- the pilgrims. Oh. Oh. they are not French. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why I make this out. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at your handlebar mustache, and I was just like, I don't know. It seems it's, appropriate. It's Got me thinking something far. I'm a little. But, um, um, I'm pretentious. But uh, yeah, I mean, Will, I believe it was William Bradford, um, actually instituted uh, based off of things like acts what would be seen as kind of a socialist e socialist ish type policy where there was a a large pot, you know, a bank of food that people could come and uh, partake of all of the work from the community, um, went into this store and then people could take freely as they had need. Now, ironically, what he did not account for was the sin inside of man's heart. Um, so what you have is then less and less people working and more and more people taking. Well, stuff runs out pretty quick, don't it? VT Dubs
1: it tended to be mostly single men and 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 single women that used the food for free without working. It turns out the families tended to work, which was interesting. Hmm. If you go back to that story. It's very interesting. Yes. So that's what they they thought that was what the charitable thing to do was and then by year 2 they were like, "You know what? We're not doing that anymore." Yeah. And so turns out, there's a whole
0: book in 2 Thessalonians that says something different. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, if, if your school even teaches history anymore, you may have heard that story, and you'll be like, William Bradford said if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, you know, what? it's it's definitely pre-William Bradford. Yeah, nigh unto uh, God's uh,
1: divinely sovereign word. Yeah, a good 1,600, yeah. 1,700 years prior. Oh, But anyway. all this is to say, we believe the church should be charitable. We believe it's mandated and commanded, and so we should be about that. The government, however, not so much. The government's main role, which you can go back and listen to a number of episodes, we've mentioned it almost... We seem to be mentioning almost every episode. The government's main role is to enact justice through the sword over un- un- unrighteousness. And that is not the government's standard. That is to be God's standard of righteousness. God has given us righteousness and unrighteousness. In fact, if you do not have God, you would not God be able to... God has given us righteousness and unrighteousness? No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Thank you. Good call. God has given us his righteousness, which allows us to know that if it's outside of his righteousness, guess what it
0: is? Unrighteousness. Thank you. That's
1: the clarity. That's what I was Anti- trying to say. I apologize. I'm not. Don't. Don't. I'm not a heretic. Stop it. So anyway, moving forward, <laughs> because God has given His righteous standard, the government is supposed to uphold the righteous standard by enacting by using the sword against unrighteousness, uh, and therefore that's what the government's main role should be, uh, which is in essence what we see in our, our founding. Thankfully, by God's grace. Uh, That is to allow for the freedom, the free exercise of of living life as God has given it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, there's a there's the sliding of culture, though, right? So, I mean, I don't know if you were gonna, I don't know where you were gonna go next, but you you would probably, you can probably help me as to who said this. But what's the what's the quote where it's like, you know, something like our government is predicated upon a good and moral people, or something like that. Yes, that is Adams. Uh, Which one? I always get confused. Quincy, or John Jay, John. No, John Jay is a whole other person. Jingleheimer Smith. <laughs> uh, anyway, John Adams was our second president. Right. Yeah. Anyway, reeling it back. So, yeah. where are we at? Where are we at currently with our uh, with our g- government benevolence here? What I wanted to say, uh, given this, is that <laughs> so the SNAP uh, food program, which is our our,
1: our food stamp program. Uh, that you might know mostly as food stamps. But it's called SNAP. And you may wonder, what does SNAP stand for?
0: Super Nasty Agricultural
1: Prowess. Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. Oh. So built into the name of our program. I was close. <laughs> you were not <laughs> I was very, very close. You just weren't. Um, built into the... The very name is the fact that this is supposed to be a supplemental food assistance program that allows uh, families in need to apply to receive supplemental benefits uh, so that they can have proper nutrition. So it's, uh, they don't make enough money to feed their family well. So here is uh, supplemental money to round out the rest of your food needs. Uh, this is a food uh, specific
0: program. It's supposed to be used solely for For food. So you're saying, for instance, if I was making a thousand dollars a week, right, and I, you know, needed three hundred dollars or whatever, or one hundred fifty dollars for food, you know, but all of my money's spent up, it's designed to supplement only the necessary amount over and above what I'm making and what I can put toward food. It is not meant to supply me. It is meant to supplement me. That's That's correct. That's the distinction that we're making here. Yep. So this particular topic is one we found that we thought we'd talk about because it's just interesting
1: to see what has happened in our country. Um, Basically, in our our government, the most recent administration has enacted... By the way, this is not need to be... This is not uh, congressional. This doesn't need to be the Congress that does this. This is the executive branch that can do this without the Congress's approval. Anyway... So the benefits were, were recently raised, and they were raised a good bit. Um, the new maximum will rise to $835 a month for a family of four, which is an increase of 21%. So we're increasing it at about 20%, which is fine. Uh, I can understand that, and I'll say why in a second. We're increasing at about 20%, but the average benefit will actually rise about 27% from pre-pandemic levels. Hmm. So we're actually raising at 20%, but it's raising actually about 30% over what it was pre-pandemic levels. So if we go way back 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 in time when we've been in lockdown forever, when we've been in this pandemic forever. We uh we have to go back to 2019. Way back then. You guys remember that 2019 what was that like? I don't remember. I have no idea. I don't even know anymore. Nope. But in 2019, all right? So from 2019 to 2021, this uh I believe this will take effect in in October of this year. <laughs> That's two years ago, correct? Right? We're raising the benefits 30%. Not from some policy that was enacted 20 years ago. Like, my gosh, raise the... No. 30% over two years ago. That's a, that's a pretty big jump. I want you to imagine you work at a job, right? That... Let's say... Let's just make it something nice and even. You You made $40,000 a year at this job okay that that's your that's your salary and 2 years later you're able to find another job that gave you a 30% increase in salary that means you would go from $40,000 to $52,000 that feels like a pretty good jump right like if you were if you were to make that salary job you're like hey wow that's pretty that's pretty substantial a decent raise yeah it's a decent raise so so what we're, what i'm saying here is this is a lot of money uh, $835 a month if you're a family of 4 is actually quite a bit of money and and here's, here's the real problem. Uh, I'm not even I'm not even upset. I'm not upset that we are helping families in need. I am upset because I don't know that we're helping families in need. And here's what I mean. When the church is to give out charity and to be charitable, it was not actually to enable anything that would look like sin or unrighteousness. Right. And that's the real problem. Because what these families apparently need is not just money. They need education. And the program is supposed to supply that. However, when I'm, when I'm looking to you know research and understand this and I'm reading through stories and I see a mother who worked for the government for 30 years and now has to care for her, her son and had to quit her job early so she had to take a, hit on her retirement and she has two people to care for and she can't make $350 feed two people. I, I'm starting to think that that's a problem. And then when she says that it only lasts about two weeks – Um, then I'm really concerned. $350 lasting just two weeks. Just remind you, this isn't like, this is all the money you have for everything. This is the money you have for food. This is not just all the money you have for food, presumably. This is only part of the money you have for food and it's completely free. You've been given $350 a month to supplement your food needs. Now, if you gave me $350 a month for two people, I could make that work. I don't know if there's an educational issue here. Um I like nutrition. I actually I actually enjoy learning about it and understanding it and I don't know. I, I I just feel like we're not helping anyone here. We're just throwing money at something because it looks good instead of actually saying, "Hey, here's how you can shop wisely. Here's how you can you can make this last not just some time, but but a long time and you can you can do really well with it. Let's let's investigate what that looks like." Mhm. Um and, and I think that's where I, I want you to see what the church's call was to do. And this is what was happening. They found out that, look look at what happened. when We, we needed to institute deac, deacons, right? <laughs> Specifically because we were having issues in feeding the widows. And then later we, have, we had Paul have to say, look, if you're going to feed the widows, make sure they're widows and not being just lazy-bodied women. No, no offense, ladies. This was a long time ago. I'm not speaking about anybody in particularly. But make sure they weren't just being lazy women that were just coming. You know, they, they had been widowed, their husband died, and they were just mooching. If they were young, they should be seeking to be a godly woman that gets married again because they're just taking the resources of the church without actually doing what God has called them to do. It's so interesting. This is not new to charity, but charity was to actually, from the church, enable someone to continue to grow in their pursuit of living righteously. Not to become the provider, right, for your physical needs without ever helping you get beyond those that those those needs. Yeah,
0: the government should never be the primary breadwinner of the household.
1: Yeah, that's a big that's a big problem. Yeah, the government should never be that. And and here's the reason always realize this, if the government is that, the government can take that anytime yeah. for whatever reason. Right. So that's a that's just one of the many things. It, well, this is a little story it's a little thing, and the problem more so than anything is that the church is the church needs to continue to be generous and look for ways to help people so that even if you, even if the church is is looking at someone who is on this assistance, we should be looking at ways to love and care for them uh, so that they can get off of the assistance we, we don't we, even as a church we don't want someone to live on on this yeah. we want to help them to find uh, productive employment to to use their money wisely to to understand nutrition, These, this is what the church actually should be doing. We wouldn't, we wouldn't let some. We don't just let someone live in our house. We let them live in our house for a time with a plan to try to help them get out onto their own. This is something that I, I mean, I physically have done. I, I've done this, and and many times, some people are like, I don't know if that's a good idea. You shouldn't really like. I I I I don't know that that it has to be a great idea in all wisdom. Sometimes it has to be a, a generous idea that looks very unwise, but God has called you to do it. But it should be for health and righteousness, not just oh, Band-Aid. Band-Aid, oh hey, your arm fell off. Here. Let me just go ahead and slap this band-aid on it. And uh, you know, whatever.
0: Like that's not that's not how this works. Yeah. I mean and when you when you compare the, the maximum government beneficiary benefits of a family of four, it's it's almost synonymous with what the average working class family monthly bill for groceries is. They're literally paying the entire bill. And people are coming back and saying it's not enough. Like I'm sorry. Well, then there's then there's other deficiencies. If that's not enough to cover your entire bill for at the taxpayers' expense, then you're mismanaging, and that needs to be that needs to be addressed. And well, you think know about what? It,
1: Good. I'm sorry. I made that. Well, I mean, like,
0: and that's another interesting area that churches mm-hmm. can do too. I know yep. we've worked with uh, local um, agencies in in our town to help provide classes and to to train and resource. Those types of things, where where they they do attempt to provide um, the strategies to to actually budget, to actually yeah. coupon and save. Yep. Here's the problem, though. When the government's just giving it, why does anyone need that? I don't need to know how to spend my money wisely.
1: That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, ah, okay. that,
0: you you led right into that because because when you were given
1: things for free, we do not use them the same way we do when we actually. Uh, have to do something to obtain them there's it's it's totally different when right the reason those fat it's not that even some of those families before couldn't spend more on food it's that they have other things they want to spend that money on and so they will not spend more on food right um and that's that's the reality of it i mean i'm trying to think i i think i have a family of five and we do probably spend that a month on food if you also count the times when we when we eat out um when we, when we actually engage in food that is, is strictly convenience and entertainment-based. Maybe even a little more than that if I factored that in, but we, we do tend to feed a lot more than five people sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we feed quite a few people because God has called us to be generous in, in, in our giving and when we entertain and when we, we, I mean, that's just what we do. I guess on any given week, we're probably, if we average it out, we're probably feeding a family of seven <laughs> if you averaged it out. It, it just assumes so many things. And when you watch the government try to handle it, it just makes me so sad because they try to handle it based on things. They assume X amount of meals a day, three, three, three meals a day for each person. And and let me be honest, we, ha- we have a public school system that we're fully funding, by the way, which provides at least two meals for almost every child carte blanche. Yeah. And that's 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 also federally funded. So those child shouldn't even children shouldn't even be factored into the meals that that a home has if they're going to school. I mean, it's a whole system. Well, I mean, it's
0: it's state and federally funded down to the municipalities at the school level. And that's know. but that's just what happens with the government trying to do something, right? It, it, like honestly, uh, here's the thing: if if you
1: said you have this much money to service. They, they, let's say you got ten churches together in a, in, a, in a town and said, "Hey, this much money is coming into our town on these services with this many families. Here's a list of families. You have this money now. Can you educate?" I I I know there are God-loving, serving churches that would seek not only to provide those needs, physical needs for those those families, but to provide the way so that those families can actually have a better life than that. Yeah. And, and that's the difference between what the, the government can't do that. It's not made to do that. Yeah. It's not intended to do that. But if we talk about this all the rest of the time, we'll never get to any
0: other topics. Yeah. We're 26 minutes in. And Holy crap. So we,
1: we are rolling through this then. So
0: much more to talk about. Uh,
1: next up, we wanted to briefly mention the fact that our government is coming so hard uh, at some policies that prevent abortion, particularly government-funded abortion. And by coming hard at it, I mean one is gone, so they are definitely <laughs> government-funded abortion, and one uh, they're trying hard to to uh, to get rid of. So the two policies in our federal government that help the government to not at least pay for abortion. Um, by the way, money is fungible. I don't know if you realize this. Like, let's say let's say you had a budget and you were like, "I'm going to spend ten dollars for um, household items and ten dollars for food," and for clothing. Okay, there we go. So there's your 10, 10, 10 budget, right? And someone gives you $10 and says, please use this for clothing. Okay. All right, cool. So I've got a $30 budget. I have my $30. Somebody gave me another $10. I'm not supposed to use it for clothing. So I put that $10 into the clothing bin. Well, now my clothing bin has $20 in it, but my budget only needs $10. I can then slide $10, you know, they were the $10 I already had back up to food because money is, is fungible. Uh, So let's just say that even right now, when we give money to government, to non-government organizations here in our country, to nonprofits, right. And, and to um, medical centers that do abortions. And we say, this is for your, uh, this is for your front office. Okay. This is for your administrative needs or, or, uh, this is for uh, medical testing of this kind, and we give them that money. Okay, so that was their budget line item, and we paid for it. Well what about that budget line item? Where does the money that they had budgeted for that go? Gee, I don't know. Um, hmm. Probably into whatever is going to maximize their pro- their their intake, right? Whatever's going yeah. to bring in the most—that's where that money's going to go. So, so that's how this works. But we had formal policies, so the Mexico City policy was our policy in our government that um, is usually enacted by uh, more conservative uh, presidents on the executive level, um, and then is usually uh, taken out by um, more liberal, uh, more, more left-leaning presidents um, on the executive level. It's called the Mexico City Policy. And that stops us from giving money to uh, non-governmental organizations, right, NGOs that are abroad. So these are organizations operating in other countries that seek federal funding to assist those countries. And the Mexico City policy basically says if you're a if you're an organization that is going to be doing abortions, you will not receive this money. And what we've done is gotten rid of that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, that was taken out very early in President Biden's
0: uh, executive orders. In like the what seventy within the first? Yeah, geez, it was bad. The three lot. days. It was just disgusting. So like, that, that, that was that's only mild hyperbole, by the way. That's mild.
1: It was close. I wanted to say fifty five, but I could be wrong there too. So yeah, that's gone. So now we're definitely funding them abroad. Now that doesn't—that's not really the big issue. <laughs> I mean, doesn't matter. We got people like Bill Gates. People, we're we're killing we're killing babies all over the world as Americans. It's it's really sad. It's awful. Um, not to mention the you know, the millions we kill here, we, we then kill millions abroad. It's, it's disgusting. It's despicable. Um, God is not pleased. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's additionally, there's in, in our, in our realm here in, in America, what we had was the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment was, um, consistently used to stop, um, those receiving governmental insurance like Medicaid and, and Medicare from being able to use that to obtain abortion services, that's one of the services it would not cover was abortion. Um,
0: that well, that was good. That, that right, that was a good idea. That's actually
1: been a while. We're thankful for that because even if it does save one life, it's not nearly enough. But it is definitely something that we, we rejoice in. And now the bad news. The bad news is there. Uh, the house has already passed this ridiculous this uh very large I don't want to overstate it, I don't want to get too political here, but it is a very large spending bill, let's be realistic. And in that they did not um put in the Hyde Amendment. Uh so although it has been in almost every uh budget and spending bill, it is not in this one. And the House passed that, sent that to the Senate. Now the Senate there's, you know, s- still uh strong hope. Um they're they're still looking at passing this ridiculous spending bill, which is probably more of a problem than anything else. They shouldn't that we should not be passing it. Uh, but additionally, uh, in it, they didn't have the Hyde Amendment. Well, they have got. I was I was happy to read recently as the Senate is debating this. They did uh, get the Hyde Amendment in there, but it is completely non-binding. There's the wording is non-binding. It's not like it's actually going to be able to do anything. Uh, so the potential is that if for some reason they are able to to pass a very large spending bill, there will be non-binding language. Bringing the Hyde Amendment back in, which means it will not be in some ways binding, which means the government can then and the executive can then uh, say, "Oh, that's not—it's not really binding in here." So you know, use it use it for whatever you want. Yeah, you know what, Medicaid? Yeah, that can cover that can cover abortions. Boo. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. And this is what our government our government is doing. So these are two governmental policies we're talking about. One is just an interesting thing that I think the church has forgotten about our charity and and what the government's role is, and the other one is. We kill babies. It is an affront to God. It is. It is Molech. It is Chemosh. It is evil. It is. It is a travesty. And uh, we should definitely be fighting that. So free the states. If you want to check out something that's going hard uh, against abortion, free the states are doing that really well. And and we should continue to push uh Pushback on abortion at all levels. That means if you want to go to your uh, town council and begin to push back there, that's a great way to start. Um, but we should be speaking out it, on it as as any in in any venue that we can. Yeah, yeah, sound good. I'm down with that. Good. So that's just uh, happening in our country. That makes us sad. That makes us angry. We didn't even touch on transgenderism. I don't know if you all saw a couple, uh, I guess about a month and a half ago when in the UK there was a dude in a rainbow gorilla suit that literally had a phallus uh, reading to children, teaching children to read. That was at a library in the UK. Thank goodness that wasn't here in America.
0: Education.
1: Yeah. Teach your kid to read. He literally, I mean, I we, we will not include a link to the picture. No. <laughs> you, can, you can Google it, though. Uh, gorilla man teaches kids to read. And uh, it'll come up, and you will see, and you will be incredibly—you will never unsee ever. <laughs> it's impossible ever. to unsee that. So, but I mean, you know, here in America, we just have cross-dressing people teach kids to read and slash to work or whatever. You know. Oh, it's so libraries. bad. Remember
0: that? What? Remember that? Remember that news story? that was like the parents that kept putting the kid out, like the the drag, like dressing oh, up yeah, little kid take, in drag they would, they would and go he's to like bars, gay bars and, they and they throw, and they and they throw they would, money at him.
1: It's not. It's we're not any better than the uk i'm just letting everyone know we're go. not we're we're that wasn't i wasn't just on your uk but my gosh is it a bad it's just a it's bad imaging here's, this here's, is bad imaging here's the
0: problem there's there's probably gorilla suit penis man teaching in libraries but everyone's just fine with it so there's no news story
1: that's that's not great that's not great It's so bad so yeah, we've got our own, We've got lots of issues here, and we wanted to make sure we we were clear on the issues, both in the church and and in our our policies and things that are really ticking us off here in America. Before we got to the next story, because this stuff is really, really frustrating us right now on a deep level.
0: Well, and there, there's a progression, right? There's there's always sowing and reaping, mm, right? Yep. In, in the Bible, and now we're gonna turn a quarter, tur- turn a corner, and start. Looking at some of the things that that we're reaping here.
1: Let's turn a her. Whatever you, R- say, R- what did you say there. Let's like <laughs> it like a. Claudio, <laughs>
0: Claudio the a chance of meatballs. A to refer. The, the metaphor. <laughs> I was thinking what of the, the Swedish chef. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> our next topic here.
1: Uh, we're, we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. And we we talked a little bit about 9-11 uh, in our, our most recent podcast where we talked with uh, former army sniper. Uh, John Cooper. And that was awesome. Uh, awesome. I hope you've listened to that. If you haven't listened to that yet, do that. Very cool. Um, but we talked with him a little bit about 9-11, but we're coming up on the 20th anniversary this September 11th. Uh, and to uh, to commemorate uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 here in America, apparently what we're doing is honoring the Taliban. Oh. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That's it's It is so mind-numbingly frustrating. What is going on with Afghanistan right now? It is heartbreaking. It is it is infuriating as an American, myself here, as a taxpaying citizen who remembers being a senior in high school when the, the Twin Towers were bombed. Okay. They were bombed. They were air, civilian aircraft was turned into a missile. All right. And, and I, rem- I remember where I was, and I remember seeing it happen. And basically, to, to commemorate that 20 years, we're just saying, uh, you know, literally um, inviting the Taliban back in. Uh, all the Americans that were, were killed in the Afghan conflict over the past 20 years, their lives have been met with almost uh, nothing. They have met they, they, we are we are destroying their memory, and it is insulting uh, and evil. And that doesn't even talk about what the Taliban's done. We're talking about what America is doing. That's evil.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's like, it it, it is. It's so it's so conflicting. And I think we I talked about it a little bit in, in the podcast. It's like um, you know, the the values and the principles that the United States was founded on, founded on liberty, founded on re- religious freedom, founded on all, all of these things that are so such goods for the world. You know, it it is it is a good thing to be patriotic in that sense to to love the because the values that our country was founded on were so good it's a perfectly fine thing to to like that to enjoy that to be you know in in a sense um, grateful or or perhaps even in, in some type of I hate using the word pride but I don't I, I don't want don't know what what other type of thing would encapsulate the, the idea that I am thankful to stand on those Principles and day to day, even just as a Christian, I we often use those principles that we were founded on to to further the gospel. I mean, like the the freedom and liberty we have should not be squandered, and so we must make use of it as best we can. But it's like looking at what our country has done um, through through the decisions of our commander in chief is is shameful. It is not those principles that we talk about and that. We say that we upheld. There is no sense of liberty in what we've done, um, or at least certainly not in the way that it was done. And and so, like you know, they always say, like, what, well, like these colors don't run. Well, it's like, well, you know, we kind of did, and it's not the first time. And you know, I am not old enough to to have been around for Vietnam and for some of those those conflicts that were just so. Um, demoralizing and draining uh, as a nation, you know, which I'm thankful that that I wasn't a part of that. But to me, this feels like, um like a same kind of thing. Like, I, I'm not even, you know, proud to be an American in this in this moment. <laughs> like, it's, uh, we're not being a force to be reckoned with, we're being played by terrorists. And that's just shameful and wicked and evil. It really is. I, I think there's something to be said here, too. We were talking about
1: a country that we had been at war with, but the the actual battle conflict was, was not happening. There was no battle conflict that was raging in Afghanistan right now for us. We were holding Afghanistan, and we have held uh, military positions in almost every country we have gone to war with throughout history of us fighting wars since World War II.
0: We go to and war and with for them. Good
1: that's for good reason. That's because it gives you a forward operating position from which to enact um, defensive and counter counteroffensive missions across the world to the enemies. Because it turns out when we go into Afghanistan, we didn't go in to literally line up every Taliban person that we could find, catch, and and just kill them execution style. We weren't trying to eradicate people. We were trying to liberate a country, and so when we did that, we got the 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 Taliban didn't didn't die. We didn't kill them all. We did not genocide them. They went and hid in other countries, and then they came back in. See, you you can tell that we didn't genocide the Taliban because they came back in (laughs) as soon as we left the area. And the reason you keep those forward operating positions in those countries, like I don't know, I, I I feel like. Germany, where where one of our church members has been stationed several times. You have South Korea. I feel like that's a place. I feel like I, I recall there being some uh, Vietnam, uh, Japan. We have bases in these places. Now they're not. We don't. We don't have to man them with like we have our bases here, manned and trained and ready to go. There's less people over there. They're to maintain and to have a rapid response if necessary and we just pulled people out of Afghanistan there is a generation of women 20 years right 20 years a generation of women that did not know the sex slavery and rape culture of the Taliban under sharia law they will now be exposed to that as their mo- as their everyday yeah well they're
0: not 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 just exposed but they're subjected to it correct yeah yes they will
1: they will know it because we are now forcing them to live in it and and, it, and you know what this is this is one of the things. I, I taxes happen. If you read the Bible, Jesus will tell you, taxes happen. Now, understand that taxes happen and all of it is actually God's, right? All of it's God's. but taxes happen. and And when you talk about when you talk about my tax money, going to going to a government mismanaging money to help those in need, I get frustrated because of the mismanagement, not because of the helping people in need. Because I want, I want that to be managed well. When you talk about the, the taxes going to a forward operating position in a country that we have established uh, righteous liberty in, right where where education is happening better, where where food and economic is, is stability is happening better, where where freedom is just existing in a more democratic way than it ever has before, then I'm all about my taxes going to that. Actually. Um, very much so, yeah, absolutely about that. Yeah, going over to funding abortions overseas? No, not so much. Going nope. over to 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 actually supporting um, freedom overseas for people that have been under the oppressive rule of of Sharia law, the Taliban, and acts. No, I'm not about that. I'm not about that. That's that, that, that's 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 awful. That's where I want my bases. I want my bases to be there to stop that. No money to abortions overseas, please. Thank you and. Put the bases back or
0: Fix the problem.: Well, <laughs> not even just put the bases back. we have to recapture them. They have been surrendered. We would have to literally gain the ground back.
1: Never-ending war. It's a never-ending war. So what has it been since World War II? Have we been constantly fighting in Germany? Have, have we been con- How about Japan? Have we been you know, you know what happens? Sometimes there's a little screw, screw bubbles there in, in uh, Vietnam. No, I'm sorry, Korea. Sometimes there's a little struggle. there's there's a border issues and disputes, and North Vietnam, North Korea is uh, is a crap, is not great. I don't want to overstate it, but they're not great, right? But is that never ending? No, we we are there. We are there is security there. We don't vi- view that that way. Why are we viewing it this way here?
0: Yeah, and uh, and our our security is a reason why there's not more escalation, just as what we saw with our presence in Afghanistan, literally holding back this this dam of terror you know now that we see a dam of terror and some damn terror and some damn terror both both but you know like and it's like you know i trying to talk to people online is you know just absolutely you know mind-numbing sometimes they're like well well you know like well we were there and look what happened i said no no we said that we're leaving and look what happened none of this happened while we were we while we had the foothold that's, that's how John Cooper described it. We had a foothold in Afghanistan to launch any operation that it would need be and, and to be a deterrent for that. It's like, no, you're completely turning this over. And this is just, I mean, we're recording this as, as more and more th- terrible, horrible things are happening in Afghanistan. Um, I'm looking at a headline that just happened. I mean, the last time this article was updated was literally less than 10 minutes ago. Uh, they're, they're saying that there was two explosions near Kabul's airport, um, at least 13 people dead, uh, children, um, U S United States, um, civilians or, uh, armed personnel were either killed or wounded. And I mean, like, like this is, this is the type of thing. This is what happens. This is the chaos that comes with a terrorist organization or terroristic, um, you know, regime ruling things. It's chaos, and, um, and at this point, sword for righteousness, like Jocko Willink
1: said, may God have mercy on the souls of our enemies, because we will not <laughs> like yeah. move forward. Like they've yeah. just they've they've there's literally been a suicide bomber that is now that is now attempted to bomb bomb what the Kabul airport who's holding the Kabul airport. The the U.S. The U.S. is holding that airport well, until the 31st. Right. And, and so we're talking about these are non conversations for me. These are non conversations. And this is one of the big issues. The State Department is not the department that should be doing war the state department can come in after after right the department of defense has gone in and crushed the problem we crush we win what what is um what is the, the statement of war? Uh, have an objective and win. Right? Isn't the objective of war to win? You win. You you win and you win. Yeah, victory. Quickly.
0: Victory is the
1: objective. Right. So let's 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 make the objective and win and, and then we can go back in and work on some of the problems that, and the areas that we need to fix and, and help rebuild an infrastructure and help the country. I, I'm all about helping them after after a war. It's really rough. You know what? Winning is the first thing. And we are now now we have we have not only ceded the ground back. We are we are now losing.
0: Yeah. Now we're losing. Now we're, now we're in what looks more like a war than anything that's happened, at least within the past year, year and a half. And it's, it's so frustrating. I mean,
1: so we went on our journey out to Minnesota, which we just came back from as a family. On our way back through Pennsylvania to, to South Jersey, we, we stopped. We planned our, our ride back so that we would be able to stop at the Flight 93 Memorial from uh, September 11th. And uh, it wasn't inherently – it just so happens that it falls close to the 20th anniversary. It was, this is just when our trip fell. But we wanted to make sure we, we got to see that, and we did. And on our way walking to the memorial wall down near the crash site, we talked to a couple on a bench. And one of the things he said was how frustrated he was because he, he knew people that gave their lives in Afghanistan and and how, how sad he was. And I remember making a fist and shaking it and saying, we had it. There was – it was this this defeatist idea in his in his eyes that we had had it and we're giving it back and we had spent blood and treasure to to make it a safe place a safe inherently is it completely safe no but it was safer
0: yeah i mean that that's how john described it john described it as a much safer place these girls could go to school knowing that when the us soldiers were there they weren't going to get raped or stoned or beaten for it as we've already seen, these images coming in from Afghanistan of women being beaten with with just disgusting instruments. A woman in the middle un- of the street. A woman who was unable to feed the soldiers that kept showing up at her house day after day.
1: By the third day, didn't have anything left because it turns out it's a pretty poor country, and and they beat her to death in front of her daughter. Disgusting. Like, like this is what's happening. This is it's. We are so soft entitled Americans. We have no idea what the world looks like outside of our four walls of 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 protection right between between Canada bordering us below mexico bordering us or canada above border mexico below and two giant oceans we sit here in our overfed overcaffeinated, uh, uh instagram filtered lives and and we we complain that oh why do we have why do we have troops in afghanistan we should pull them out it's so wrong you know why that's why Everything you're seeing now is yep. why.
0: That's why. That's the, the. This is the reason. By the way, it's also because
1: the Taliban harbored right Al Qaeda, which sent the planes into our trade centers. That's why you have forgotten. It was 20 years ago. It's only 20 years ago. It's only 20 years ago. Almost 20. I believe it, if you factor in the Pentagon and Flight 93, you're t- and the 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 first responders you're talking about almost 2800 people civilians killed
0: not this is these are non-combatants these are innocent people killed and like and it's 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 crazy because like the media still was like i mean you you, you remember that cnn headline or the the, the, the chiron last year with the protest it was like fiery but mostly peaceful protest it was literally like the exact same headline as as the taliban is chanting death to america in the streets of afghanistan they are like, oh yeah, no, they're they're saying death, death to America, but um, you know, they they seem pretty, you know, jovial about it all. Yeah, yeah. And I'm big. like, I'm like, oh, now we're we're tone what? policing this right now, oh, like, race. oh, because they're happy, they're it's really? a happy thing, you know. Like if you if you talk to a dog and and you use that excited voice, you could even be like, you little idiot, well, and it's he'll okay. be happy and start wagging his tail. Like, is this what we're doing now? They're saying death to America. There's thousands and thousands of United States civilians and allies left in oh. Afghanistan. They don't even know how many are left. They don't know how many they've gotten out. And they're saying death to America. And these are the people that we're supposed to trust with our safe passage back home. Like, that's just that's that's the definition of asserting. Look, when uh, look, no offense. But
1: when the rest of the G7 is asking Biden to stay and Biden's like, no. And I'm like and they're like, what are you talking about? We have to get our people out. We have interpreters. We have we have uh, nationals on the ground that need to get out. And Biden's like, nope, we're getting out. Why? And this is what I mean. This is where the honoring the Taliban comes in. Why? Because we, told, we said uh, August 31st, and the Taliban is now holding us to that. Who cares? Who cares what the Taliban says? Right. I don't, ca- I don't care. The, even with all the equipment we gave the Afghan army, which has now been abandoned to um, the, the Taliban, even with all that equipment, we, we are, we are wipe, wipe, wipe them off. Wipe them off and, and remind them that, no, we're going to do exactly what we need to do here. And if you continue to, if you continue to act the way you're acting, we're going to have to put you in the corner. You're I going mean, to go and time out, Timmy. Not even you're if you, not you continue. Like it. They've already done it enough times.
0: We've already disciplined them so many times, and you're still not... And I would like you to say, you've
1: got to start escalating at some point. One, start praying for your church. The church under persecution actually flourishes, and and it's one of the fastest-growing churches in, in the world, is the underground church in Afghanistan. So, I mean, it, it wake was. up to that. Many have died. Now, many have died, but I mean, many have always died under persecution and watch the fire spread. It just just pray for the church and pray for safety for them. It's not we do not want them to die. We do not want there to be persecution. Pray for their safety. Pray for the gospel to go forward. Pray for the, the Nazarene flights that are coming out of there full of of hundreds and thousands of people because the private industry under the charity Beck started is much better at flying out people than the government of the United States terrible oh my
0: gosh yeah i mean I, I i didn't mean to be pessimistic but i i just mean that the church has been peace cut the church has been, pusica, per, perse, pisipi, the, church has been per, the church in afghanistan has been persecuted even under even with the foothold that america had that's correct now that there's no foothold there's they're no, being correct. slaughtered
1: there is no there's no um minimal principle there's nothing to, to stop them. there's no limiting limiting yeah, limiting for limiting factor limiting, limiting force uh, there is still resistance, by the way. They do not own. They do not have the whole country. There is resistance, and we should be absolutely praying for the people that are resisting the Taliban. and And it seems that that force is growing. And honestly, it literally. I, I mean, you just point to it on a map. Hey, uh, I'm sorry, military. Here's here's where we go. Fly in the planes and start landing here because these people need help. These people need help and want help, and they are calling for help. And they, they they're here, and we should be helping them. So anyway. So that's how we're honoring the Taliban, this, uh, this 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, everybody. Terrible. But that brings us, and you know what, Jesse? I, it just makes me think. These are just three stories. One is more of an interesting story to remind the church to be generous. One is a incredibly sad story uh, that we continue to kill babies here and abroad. And then finally, we have one just infuriating story that is also said in, in what's going on in Afghanistan. I just wanted to throw out there, this doesn't include stories like what's happened in Haiti with the, the devastation that's there. We need to pray for them. This doesn't include, uh, we, we did talk about Cuba a little bit before. So this, that, that's still ongoing. There's many conflicts throughout the world. This doesn't, doesn't even include the Coptic Church, which constantly faces pressures in, in places like in North, in different countries in North Africa. This doesn't include things like that. This doesn't include the apartheid that are still going on inside many of the countries in Africa. There's, there's lots of sad things happening. Yep. It's just a few stories. But with all that, what's happening here at the church in America, Jesse? What's happening here with the church of the old North American continent here? It seems to be going. You'd think these would be great things for them to focus on, and really, you know, we, sh- as as we know from principles of war, really focus our our concentrate our power, right, on these types of things. Focus our efforts on these things.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, instead, uh, we've got we've got articles like uh, like this one, uh, titled "Should Churches Require Vaccine Passports?" And you know, you would think that the obvious answer to that would be. no No, that's a one-word article that's a really short one word it's a short article with a couple of pictures and uh no boy but here we have uh the calgary herald again uh oh no you're going up north there to canada yeah well i mean you know it's it's unfortunately just where a lot of this stuff is i mean our algorithms our facebook and uh instagram algorithms are finely tuned for the uh, for the canadian news here eh? and um you know we've got uh Pastor John Van Slooten, uh, who has written this article, and uh, it's it's more than one word. It's more definitely, definitely more than one word long. And um, you know what's interesting is I, I have seen a lot of pushback uh, on this article coming out of the Calgary Herald, um, in a lot of even the American groups. Um, so I mean, there, there's a lot of pushback on this. Um, and uh, basically, what what this gentleman is uh proposing he says given the nature of churches places where children and adults closely intermingle where seniors and the immunocompromised regularly gather where diverse groups share food sing together and meet in often small old poorly ventilated buildings wouldn't a mandatory vaccination policy make sense wouldn't it be a christian thing to do um and he talks about how uh his church leadership team decided that when they when they open their church for live gatherings next month they're not they're not <laughs> been gathering so they're not they're not churching they're not ecclesia not churching they're (laughs) not churching do you even church bro church church ain't churchin all attendees 12 and older will need to be fully vaccinated now he claims it's a temporary measure but does does the amount of time huh, so are the vaccines make oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm sorry now which no. which booster are you going to oh, wh- no. which bo- <laughs> i'm sorry everybody this is after the second or third shot um <laughs> do forgive me so uh <laughs> so bad so um he says even though it's a temporary measure as if the length of time for a, an an un, an, un, an evil measure makes it less evil uh, he said, and there will be online alternatives, meaning not church. Um, and unvaccinated will, people will still be able to attend with proof of a negative, negative COVID. Did test. you say negative? Why? Ne- why did you say it
1: that way? Because it
0: with wow. proof of a negative COVID test. Pulling that Minnesota uh, language, Minnesota. It still feels wrong. Churches should never turn people away. Should they? The obvious answer to that would be no. 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 <laughs> no. That's a that's a no, there, buddy. That's a no there, friend. He says, yet we do. The moment we accommodate... No, no, no. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. You're you do. Oh, good, yeah, oh, good. Yeah, Give gosh, me these give me these this. reasons. Yet we do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> you are doing Good. The moment we accommodate the unvaccinated, we alienate those who want to shield their unvaccinated children, immunocompromised individuals who are still vulnerable to breakthrough infections, and anyone else who'd rather avoid the risk. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we make a choice. He clearly so, wrote that with his Bible wide open. So wide open. Well, I mean, I'm like probably five or six paragraphs in here that zero proof text. And guess what? You know what's you know what's funny? What? Because when you get down all the way to the end, yeah. um I'm i ju- I'm just doing a brief scan. Yes, yeah, zero. Oh. Zero Bibles mentioned here. Zero? zero. zero of the bi- the Bibles. The only Bible mentioned in the title of the pa- of the church in which he pastor. <laughs> a Christian ethic always puts the vulnerable first. Now, what's interesting here is um, he seems to be a medical expert now. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if someone is immunocompromised, mm-hmm. right, that means that they're they're sus they're, they are they are far more vulnerable to to infection to severe infection from things that we don't actually consider severe infections.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. Maybe you could answer this for me, as you're in the medical field, right? I am. Well, for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you're in the medical field. If I was immunocompromised, would that make it hard for me to get vaccinated? No.
0: I know, actually, immunocompromised people that have been vaccinated, actually.
1: But are there is there any are there any medical conditions that would make it hard for me to get compromised vaccinated? Uh, I would imagine probably. So you, I don't know so what they are. Do but. you think I would be vulnerable if I was a person that had a condition that would stop me from being able to get vaccinated? I would probably be in a vulnerable category. Uh, yeah, probably. That sense. So, you think that... He won't let the vulnerable people that can't get the vaccine because they're medically vulnerable
0: into his church then, right? Well, I mean, it, it certainly seems that way. Huh. Wow. That's that is what a wildly interesting thing to think about. So he's
1: literally saying that the vulnerable that can't get the vaccine can't come, can't come to church. Can't come to church. Oh, you can't get the vaccine. Sorry. Sorry. Move on. Pound sand. Go over there, Jimmy. Ooh. You go over there with those other crazies that don't get vaccinated. But I, I'm just immune. You know, I just have it. Dis- I can't. I can't get back- No, no more excuses. Go. Do you have your card? No. Negative COVID test. Oh, you didn't get that. Oh, get out of
0: here. You're gone. See you later. Yeah, this is, this is just absolute insanity. Um, but this is what the church is. So you're telling me the church is doing this? I feel like there's. But why aren't they dealing with any of the other like issues? Boy, probably because they're not meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hard to have a quorum for a membership meeting without the meeting. <laughs> I feel like we're beating up on Candy here. Let me just. Let me just
1: introduce you to the the uh where's the title of the church it's going to be helpful changing a generation full gospel baptist church all right that meets in uh atlanta georgia Mm. atlanta georgia and um if you go to their instagram what you'll see is that they have some covid protocols as well uh for for um sunday august 29th which is the upcoming sunday Uh, and here's their new protocols beginning august 29th number one you must be fully vaccinated in order to attend worship whoa (laughs) wait wait for it number two you must bring your vaccination card as proof when you arrive next week your temperature will be taken and you will need to show proof of your vaccination in all caps you must still wear your mask
0: it's like... Just like wanted, this is literally I, I, like Cruella Deville. Vil. Like, I, I, seriously, it's almost like you have that idea of, like, this, you know, evil woman. And then, like, she kicks you. And then, then you get on the ground. And then she, like, stomps her high heel into your chest and just shoves you down even more. I mean, like, I just think vivid of... vivid imagery you just gave us. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. Right? I mean... It, I mean, it, you could have just said it was, like, you know, Mao. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or Stalin. Right. But, uh... But yeah, no, the the lunacy is a crazy, I mean, so, so like back, back to the, back to this article, it says we're supposed to, supposed to, you know, put, put the put the vulnerable first. And then, and then he starts talking about, he starts talking about, oh, where did this, where did this go? Uh, talking about uh, how Jesus gave up his individual rights for the common good and sacrificed for the sake of the weak. And I'm like, uh, okay, so at what point did Jesus stop being God? Right about, the, uh, that, <laughs> right about the point that, right about the point that First
1: Thessalonians five three comes in. Oh, oh, we're
0: circling back around to this already. Oh,
1: let me tell you, First Thessalonians. Circle 5, back, Saki. Let, let me. I'm going to Saki it up right now. First Thessalonians, don't do it. First Thessalonians <laughs> five three says this: while people are saying there is peace and security then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. What's this talking about, you may ask? This is talking about when Jesus comes and judges the world. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And what will the people say? What will the ignorant people living outside of God say? There is peace and security. if, If the God of safety is not the God ruling the church right now, when I read articles like this, then I don't know what is. Yeah. They are literally the ignorant people in First Thessalonians five saying, "I have peace and I have security." That's what they are. That's what the altar they're worshiping at. And guess what happens? Sudden destruction.
0: Oh, is that because is that because the mRNA vaccines they they did they disrupt your immune system and then you know uh, you get you get all these spike proteins firing off and then in, in inflammatory responses and then you know in, in, in a year everyone's going to die.
1: Well, no one will die until the government flips the switch and, that, and <laughs> someone... <laughs> Oh gosh. That's a joke. It's a joke. Everyone calm down. Maybe. Uh, all right. It's it's at least a joke in that I don't know if it's true, although there's
0: so much we just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it's funny. I mean he he goes on to say, Well, you know, cr- Christians have been very pro science. I was like, Well boy, yeah, God God made God made science as 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 a, a, a great tool to help Wait, can I, with... can I pause right there for a second? Oh, I love that. I yeah. love
1: that he said that because one of the things that makes me think of is like, oh, the church. The church is very pro-science. You know how you know how pro-science the church was. Let me tell you, how pro-science the church was. Tell
0: me about I how remember, pro-science. It
1: I remember was. a lot of the so all of the principles basically that we use in science. A lot of them came from um, get this Christians, uh, uh, God fearing Christians that saw the world as as a creation of God, and so it was orderly, and they wanted to investigate it, right? And and it seemed it was like every time, right? You had you had someone come up with a, a, a Christian, you know, who, who appreciated the church, come up with a scientific theory that was counter to the cultural norm. Guess who got really angry with them?
0: Uh, who the church. Oh, boy.
1: So, you know, you got like Galileo comes up with things like, oh, hey, guys, check this out. You can see that we are not the center of the universe. And the church is like, what are you talking about? You fool. Right. You got Newton's like, guys, there's all these laws in physics. And the church is like, you stop it. The the whole sky is held up by God's finger. Like, guys, guys, calm down. Look right here. Let me show you. This is what's happening in God's creation. He made it this way. So the church is very pro-science in that. We've persecuted those that love God and have shown what is true so often, which is exactly what the church is doing right now. As many scientists say, hey, there are probably some things we could do that are a little different. And the church is like, death to you, death to, no, you're wrong. No, it's only the vaccine. The government scientists have told us what to do, right? That's basically exactly what's happening. So you know what? No, I'm going to go with no. The church the church has not been pro-science traditionally. initially it actually is anti-science even when it's christians saying hey no look how cool this is what god's creation has done it's (laughs) anti-science
0: yeah well i mean i i I don't know you and i could probably talk about that for a while i i i think that Typically. Anyway, but yeah, so I mean, it, that really doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, he, he talks about but how. That is ironic. God is a, I mean, Jeez. yeah, but you're talking about. There, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of Catholic Church, Middle Ages, Dark all Ages. Right, stuff. All right. There, there's Look, a lot easy, of stuff. Easy, easy. There's a lot right. of stuff. I'm just okay? pointing, I'm painting with broad strokes. Let yeah. me do broad strokes there. Um. So, you know, like, but. He, no peace with Rome. No peace with Rome. <laughs> you know, uh, he says, God is pro science. The Bible clearly teaches that God made the world and all who live in it. The the ironic thing is he he says that God even made things like um, our immune systems. Whoa. God made our immune systems to help protect us from disease? Maybe like flus. Well, there's vaccines for flus, too. I wonder if he's going to require the flu vaccine. Can
1: we talk about the words we use? He keeps talking about vaccine. What does a vaccine do? Vaccinates
0: you. But what is that? Because here's my point. Oh, I know what your point is. Oh, can I say your point? Yeah, go ahead. I want to see. I want to see how well we're. We're, we're vibing right anything. here. Are we we're, vibing? By the way, we're not twins. Are you saying that perhaps a vaccine is used to maybe prompt that immune system that God gave you? Well, that
1: is absolutely what a vaccine is. Really, you know what? Yes, I am saying that. That is exactly what a vaccine is, is to do. It's to try to give you the immunity you would get naturally if your body overcame something. Right. 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 What what we're treating this as though. And this is where it really ticks me off, right? We're treating it as if it's an inoculation, like as if it actually makes it um makes you truly immune to something. Right. Which it it does not. It do. does not. No. It is simply and here's a fun word everybody, just let's all get on board. This is what the church is doing. It is a therapeutic, okay? That's what this is. It's nothing more than a therapeutic. You can show up to a church service having given your little card and them them giving you a gold star and letting you come in, possibly sewn to your shirt, all right, and you can come in to worship God, okay, and still give everyone in that church, that's that's what can happen. And yeah. so what we're doing is we're actually, we're withholding the true healing that everyone needs. <laughs> this man is, is encouraging us to withhold the healing that everyone needs, which is the fact that you can get the COVID vaccine, COVID nineteen vaccine, and let me assure you of something: you are going to die if Christ doesn't doesn't come back and establish eternal kingdom. You yep. will be dead. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And you know what? Because I mean, sin
0: is your enemy. And you know what's even more shameful is that if if Jesus does come back and his church is acting in this way, boy, he's going to find some a lot of people sleeping. It's he's going to be he's going to be finding a lot of guards not at their posts. He's going to be seeing a lot of swords kept in their sheaths, just sitting leaning up against the wall. He's going to be seeing a lot of unfaithful uh, a lot of unfaithful hirelings that that are going to need to be seriously dealt with. And 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 this. <sighs> Do you, I don't want to interrupt. You can keep going with the article. You, there's a lot of... No, it's okay. The, no. the, the article is essentially done. He says, okay. vaccines are a life-saving gift from God. Getting a shot is a step of faith we should all be taking. I love how this guy could talk so much about science and so much about um, you know, how Christians should be doing, yet he quotes literally no scientific research and uses no biblical references whatsoever at all. It's hirelings 101 is So le- what this yeah, is. Yeah,
1: and let me, let, me, let me point this out. This is, this is it, Christian. Here it is. No church should be requiring you to be anything to come to church. Um, please come to church. We would love for the gathering of the saints together to minister, uh, to, to share the gifts, to experience the sacraments as we are called to do. Please meet. There's no requirement there. This means that a Christian, the Christian position on the COVID-19 vaccine. Let me give it to you real quick. All right. I'm ready. There are two positions. You ready? They're really one, but but they're two. Here's how each position begins.
0: A twinity? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes, it is a twinity. (laughs) You. All
1: right. So here's the twinity. Okay. God is sovereign. He is gracious. He gives good gifts. They come from the Father of lights. My faith is in him and him alone. That is the position of every Christian when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine. And here's how it becomes two positions. Here's how the twinity takes twinning, right? (laughs) So I will put my sovereign faith in God who has given me health and reason, and I will continue to move forward in him without the vaccine. Twinning equally with, and God has graciously given us this vaccine. I am in a position where I feel I need this vaccine in order to live and thrive as I worship him. Because he has given it as a gift. And so I will. Yeah. That's it. It's one position that has two.
0: It's a twinity. Right. Well, I mean, there's, there's so much to this, right? There's so much to this because our. our our boy Cody over at a Good Monsters podcast did a deep dive into issues of conscience, right? So to the point where even if a if a, if a church or is is requiring you to even let's not even say vaccine, is requiring you to wear a mask but your conscience says no, I don't I do not need to wear this mask, you're actually causing someone to violate their conscience in order to attend a worship service of which God has made absolutely no stance whatsoever on the thing that you're trying to mandate that's actually wicked and evil especially i would say even far more worse with a covid vaccine you know i mean we've been we've been in this lockdown for 15 16 months and the vaccine is younger than that so i mean we don't know you you love science so much but there's not a lot of scientific data there is no scientific data you can't have the scientific data on the long-term effects of this And this is specifically the weaker brother principle, right?
1: This is the weaker brother principle that the scripture speaks about and in which it speaks about in Corinthians and in Romans. And when you're going to look at those principles, what you realize is that the weaker brother is not the brother who just can't lift as much weight, like Jesse.
0: (laughs) No, the weaker brother here is i love you it was a joke it's because attention. i carry all the weight around all the time right that i can't lift the <laughs> the, the, the weights because i already have the weight. it's like but the but weight that you lift like, probably equals the weight that i currently carry on my you body you know what that's whatever. Totally small
1: fair. little weights are in my hand that's fair and and you know what with ketosis ketosis it's you're going to actually change all of that you're doing great buddy you keep ketoing it up over there i appreciate that i Hilarious. affirm it yes but it's like the weaker brother principle. If if indeed you wanted to apply the weaker brother principle, right, and, and those that see it as more holy to, you know, not eat meat because, you know, they'd rather not eat meat when the people that are eating meat are, you know, even though, right, 99.993% of the meat they eat is probably not offered to idols, right, that they only have probably have a .007% chance of of eating the meat, <laughs> <laughs> that's offered <to> <laughs> I see what you're you doing what I, I, like, I just, I what just I picked it up okay. I what, like I, it. what I mean is literally <laughs> what I mean is the, the the church was supposed to worship together right and not make that the issue and, and instead it was supposed to bring the brother that was weak which was not weak in, in weights like lifting weights and strength it meant ill the brother was sick and, and they didn't want the sickness to last they wanted to Strengthen them so that they could live and act in faith to God. And so that's the thing we should be focusing on. Not, I, not requiring an ID, ID to enter church. Rather, how are we encouraging the church and strengthening it to live and act in faith to God in his commands, right?
0: That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I wonder what this guy thinks about the sin of partiality. I mean, very little. <laughs> not, not at all. That's a sin? What does that mean? I mean, it it and it's it's exactly it's exactly it. First off, the church has absolutely no business. Stay in your lane. You're you're not you're not health officials, and even oh, the health officials are him? being please wicked. Please come here, sit at the head of the table, take the seat of honor, please. The seat of honor, yeah. No, if you oh you're unvaccinated, oh you get to meet over there in the fellowship hall. We have we have we have put up a small pop up tent where there may provide yeah. some shade and perhaps. Ecclesia, right over there, far away from us. <laughs> yes, you go Ecclesia over there with other dirty people, unclean. Oh, my gosh. It is it is just, it is just so bad. It's funny. and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a meme. I'm going to make a meme today. You're going to meme it? I'm going to meme it. I'm going to take this picture of hip-spy a little laughing <laughs> at his empty church because nobody's going to it. I'm going to say, that face you make when you turn away the, the poor and destitute from your church because oh, they're unvaccinated. <laughs> that face you make. Like, really? This like, is seriously. what the church is doing. We've just highlighted
1: some of the things that are bothering us uh, in our country and around the world, and this... Is what the church is saying? No, the church should be saying, hey, everyone, everyone, we need healing and stability and truth
0: right now. Please come, come now to the truth of God. Yeah. What's the point? We're, we're reaping what has been sown for so long mm. and we need Christians to take up their swords and take up their shields and start hacking at all of these cultural nonsense. We need theologians. We need a church. That is instructed well enough in theology and and practical theology to then go out in the culture and just start hacking away. You know, you have that imagery of uh, who was it? Was it uh, was it King Josiah that tore down all of the all of the altars? To or no, I'm thinking of maybe Gideon when God told Gideon. To go and to, no, this still is not ring bell. I well, can ask the Gideon, kids. The kids just learned that, this in the, the, yeah, the kids class. Well,
1: they were supposed to turn like, on altars everywhere. Well, yeah, we did Joshua there. Yeah, then you're going to judges afterwards, where Gideon was also supposed to. The Asheroth, yeah, you're talking about that. Yeah, like he yeah. is. Yeah, but anyway, yep, tear down but, the altar. But that that's is exact, to command to Gideon. He did have to do
0: that. That's the thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So I'm not absolutely.
1: But no, you're but, awesome. But this you. is what
0: we have to do. Like if Christians, if Christians aren't speaking up against government overreach, if Christians aren't speaking up against even something as so banal as food assistance, we have to be have a theology that has. Can we just
1: pause? Did you say Bunnel?
0: Bunnel. B a n a l. B a n a l. Yep. You ready for it? Drearily commonplace and often predictable. Hmm. Good word, right? Well
1: done. Yeah. You've been listening to some Doug Wilson, huh? Uh,
0: Just like reading. I did not get that from him. I've done that for a while. No, it was just a... Oh. He's a very good wordsmith. Yeah. Thank you. Um, But yeah, even something as bundle as, as food assistance, a Christian needs to be able to look at that and say, is this is this good? Is this good for society? Is this biblical? Does my theology have teeth that sinks into this? And be thinking about that. And, you know, I mean, abortion should should hopefully speak for itself, although I also would have thought that churches gathering together regularly would have spoken for itself. But, but the, the, the thing that I'm trying to say here is that we must sow righteousness wherever we go so that righteousness can be, the rewards of righteousness can be reaped and if we're not sowing righteousness into our culture we're going to reap unrighteousness we're going to honor the taliban on 911 we're going to we're going to require vaccine passports for for our worship services participating binding the consciences of many and participating in the sin of partiality so that people can come to quote worship god may as if they it
1: never be may it never
0: be it's so bad i mean like i i feel like he's he's looking at the old testament and looking at how people would prepare for worship and uh just getting the wrong complete rule complete wrong ideas to how we need to prepare our bodies to come to worship like (laughs) but but i mean this type of thing is more of a more of a strange fire than a purification process dear christian we need some zeal of phineas right now man we need some zeal of phineas get those spears ready gee whiz because he's gonna find you this is this is this is fornication and the house of god and we need to end it (laughs) phineas was like what someone's someone's for it oh show me where he is show me where one second i'll be right back with my spear show me where show me where he is and you know what god was like great job phineas good job bud god was like oh thank you for upholding my 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 holiness uh finally someone
1: cares (laughs) here's generational prosperity thank you that was My that word. was God's word to Phineas. <laughs> um, may that be the mark of the t- look. It is never too late to repent and turn. Never, ever, ever. Yep. This is not. This is ne- the. This
0: is not attacking a person. This is attacking sin, and I am saying repent. You know what? There is a too late. There is a too late. That's when you are counting on tomorrow to come, and it doesn't come. Amen. That's too late. That's the people in First Thessalonians five three. Yeah, and as yeah. long as you have now, now is the time to repent jump in man let's do this yeah join us won't you yes so yeah I think I, I think that about wraps up all the stuff we wanted to talk about. dear goodness gracious these people are going to get so tired of listening to us how long did we go we're at an hour and 20 minutes you're a moron well, I blame my... you totally <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. well we spent 30 minutes talking about food stamps tomorrow. I apologize for that and a little, it was stuck in my crawl
1: so here's the thing um, we did mention uh, taking up your sword and fighting is a necessity and uh, next week you can look forward to uh, listening to John Cooper and us uh, talk about that specifically it was a really good episode we're, we're looking forward to releasing that next week so that'll, that'll this episode to get you geared up for that episode bada bing bada bang, bada boom also G3 is coming Yay. And we're coming to G3. Whoa. What? Just a reminder of that. That's going to be super awesome. Also, hot stuff dropping soon on Carpe Fide. Oh, The yeah. shirt shop, baby. Oh, it's so cool. But you'll have to wait for that. It slaps, as the kids say. <laughs> Up, upcoming social launch for that. You'll, you'll know. Don't, you will know. Yeah, no one's going to get left out of the knowing here. So, we're going to we really are going to try to pare these down from this hour and 20 minute that we're hitting. Yeah, that's not great. So, but we thank you. We appreciate you for listening and if you're still listening, uh, we we hope that you were edified and more than anything, we hope that after this episode you seize the faith. faith.